going to flare at the 150. Four legs, five legs in front. And the mayor is going to come away, Luna Flair, and get her spot in Australia's most iconic race, the Cup. TG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. Bit of an excess kick work as Giga Kick continued on his merry way, winning a group one and just con- confirming that he's at the very top shelf of Australian racing. Dunkeld, there's a stat that I was surprised me when I heard. Paddy Payne's first winner, group one winners of train and did it with Billy Egan, who also had his first group one win. And of course... Luna Flair qualified for the Melbourne Cup in dominating the Andrew Ramsden. Thanks for checking out Year Round Carnival. Vince Accardi from Daily Sexuals. Good morning to you. <laughs> Ralphie, good morning, Giga Kick. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, he's been, a, he's been a really fun horse to, to follow over, over the journey over the last 12 months, really. In fact, even if we go back to sale at his first start, at the time we said this horse was producing a figure good enough to win what was then uh, a blue diamond because uh, really at the time the crop wasn't really producing a lot. And we thought, this is a smart horse, but he's just kept delivering an all tri- tribute there to the trainer, Clayton Douglas. Yeah, for sure. Well, of course, they want to be happy. I- interesting, when you look at the breakdown of the race, Ralphie, early speed, 1.9 faster than standard. That's good pace for 1,200 metres. Giga kick, travelling a length below benchmark. So, you know, like... At the 800 metre marks, it's like right in the zone of where you want to be for victory, right? Yeah. And then when I look at the mid-race between the 8 and the 400, it wasn't a race where it was high-powered. Basically, Giga Kick's gone from one length below benchmark to plus 1.7, so we've got a 2.7 length mid-race squeeze. I guess it was really all about the last 400 metres, last 400 metres giga kick plus 5.4. Very, very solid. But we've seen this runner produce bigger finishes than that. And overall, IVR adjusted figure plus 2.4. So, like right in the middle, Ralphie, from pretty much its uh, low for the campaign of 1.6 and its high of 4.4 above. Well, that's interesting in itself because, uh, you know, you've just done the data there. Uh, 186 raw time. My. Uh, viewing of it to the eye my initial reaction was well it's probably an end of prep win it was a bit sort of workmanlike compared to his normal explosive best but 106 1086 is pretty sharp raw time but you're saying it's only only just for this horse and probably reflection of a horse who's done enough this time in and time to go to the spell and, and really ready ready to launch for the spring for sure and then i mean like if you were just looking at pure raw numbers with no adjustments yeah it's six lengths faster than standard on the raws so that was that's pretty comparable to a number of perform well a couple of performances where the horse on raw figures has sort of got in that sort of low fives mid fives range, but 
yeah, it wasn't. Well, I guess realistically, it's a reflection of the competition. Yeah, it, it it's won goes. softly. It's won softly, and uh, and I thought Craig Williams banged him into that spot because you know he probably thought, well, uh, they're not going to go overly quick, and it's Doombin. You don't want to be conceding a real big start. No, that was the smart move for Alfie. Absolutely, the smart move. That's what you wanted to do, and this really com- this allowed the horse a to be able to win, and I guess secondly, not with a, an overexertion. So, and just to back over what you just said, then that's saying that you, the, the tracks played nice and firm and and, and fast, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a four; it was probably a three or close to a two. Then the day definitely warmed up through the through you know throughout the day. When you look at the the breakdown of the figures, pretty much to the eight hundred meters, we're bang on one length faster than standard, Rolfie. To the six hundred meters, to all the way through to the four hundred meters, that was probably where we were G four. So we're G3 to the 800, we're G4, 600 all the way in, inside the four, and then the home straight, 100% rubber stamp, we could mark that down as G3. What did we learn about Af Cabin? Is, is he a quality wet tracker or is he just, you don't want to put a ceiling on him yet, but you just need to need to see him produce more on a good good deck? Well, he does shape up a little bit as that, Ralphie, as, as a wet track profile. But the other thing we know about this horse is it is a runner that is, probably needs time to, to really furnish as a solid racehorse in terms of its strength and its capability. Because, I mean, there's like you look at this run here, very, very strong. It was only a length inferior last 400 metres when compared to Giga Kicks. Pretty Pretty good. Like, yeah. he hit the line pretty hard. Yeah, it tapered a little bit towards the end. But right now, yeah, I have to say, Ralphie, the wet track is something that this horse definitely uh, doesn't mind. All right. Uh, I'll ask you one more about about uh, that, that quality card at Doombin, and that was the Rough Habit Plate in race seven. Well, I'm watching this race. I actually had the sound off where I was. <laughs> I'm looking at Stroke of Luck that we had a had a bit of a, uh, a stamp on during during Sydney. I thought he's a nice little each way play. He was never going to miss the place. But out in front of it, what is this horse at big odds that wins? They don't check your most advantage in your race speed profiles. You found it special sway. First Australian start for Chris Waller. How often do we say when they have their first start for Chris Waller, he wants to find out what's under the bonnet? This one, like it was a trade by Gay Waterhouse, was just out in front and crushed him. Yeah, and this was the thing. Like... When you put the clock on it, it's going two lengths faster than standard. Right. So, not, so it wasn't going overly fast. No. No. Right. Everybody else decided to give it too much of a head start. That was the problem. Well, then then big tick to the young fellow, Tyler Schiller, who t- took off mid-race and, and made, him, made him chase. Yeah, I thought that was a very, very smart move. I mean, you look at, like, for instance, you were just talking about stroke of luck. It's travelling 5.3 lengths below benchmark. Now, it's, it, it's, it's giving... The winner, a seven and a half length head start. Now, I guess this horse probably doesn't have the class to be able to just easily make up that ground. And oh, I felt that Tyler Schiller probably made a little bit of an error also between the eight and the 400. He slowed the horse down a little bit, Ralphie, which I never see that as being a big plus, but no runner took any serious advantage of that. And this just made it even harder for them to catch. So what do you produce overall, Swiss? Overall, uh, don't get too don't get too excited, Ralphie. It's not like you um, we've we found the next uh, super horse, but realistically when I'm just I just put in the adjustment now and 
We've ended up with a minus 0.7. Right, okay. So I just wonder how much uh, stroke of luck and maybe the, maybe the vows are also aimed at the uh, derby, so they've they just got the staying. That, that's, the, that's their intent. So they would have taken it on the day, but the, the grand finals for that. But that's... Uh, it, it it wasn't as as impressive on the clock as it was to the eyes. No, information. and I'm, I'm assuming Special Sweeney's going to the Derby as well. Yeah, you got to bear in mind that horse is going to improve off that run. Okay, and the reason why I feel it's going to improve is that slowdown of five and a half lengths definitely wasn't an advantage for the horse. All right, all right. We'll, we'll write all that up and uh, I'll yep. have, a, have a good chance of looking at the data there. Queensland race be, uh, sorry, Queensland Sizzlers have been launched, and if you want the good data, and, and bear in mind, don't just have it for now, have it for the spring because uh, in particularly the past couple of years, remember we put a big stamp around Alligator Blood saying he was back this time last year. So if you want the, the real good information, uh, go to Sizzlers uh, via racetrackrelfie.com.au. You include Vince Cardi's daily sectionals report from uh, from the meeting. Let's have a look at South Australia events. As I said, it was a surprising stat when I heard it. Patrick Payne's first Group 1 win as a trainer, so obviously a champion rider, and this horse was relentless in its close. Promises kept was the one I'm sure you were barracking for because it gave a big kick. What's the data set? Uh, okay, so, race seven. Yeah, that's all right. Here's me calling it, the, calling it the group one. You you just call it by the name of the race. The I know. Kept leading into that race. It, it produced a very impressive performance at Bendigo. One point four lengths above benchmark for Greg Urell. Then the uh, the boys bought it. Uh, they, they had the stable change with Mar Eustace, and uh, it, it looked like it was home. But Dunkel was resolute in its close. <laughs> well, he's he. I guess overall, firstly, Dunkel. This is a, the theme of the day as well. Not very often you get the 2,500 metres like right at the top of the charts. I guess we're going to talk about that in Melbourne as well. But Dunkel's ended up with a 0.7 above, second best performance of the day, and promise, Promises kept sixth best of the day with a 0.2 above. So both horses did break benchmark. Yep. The ironic thing is speed-wise – Dunkel was going 2.4 lengths below benchmark to the 800 and promises kicked two and a half above. So good speed. I, I feel that's good speed for 2,500 metres for young horses, Rolfi, especially yep. when you're getting out to 2,500. It's hard to maintain. But I was really surprised with Dunkel's performance. Like, And what I mean by surprised is it just kept going. <laughs> This is this is the thing that you know, like, well done to Patrick Payne. I mean, maybe all those leading runs in Tasmania <laughs> were were big pluses for the horse because the Mooney Valley performance was down. How was it? How was the mid race though at Mooney Valley? Yeah, well, this is that's probably yeah. What was it? A sixteen lengths mid race squeed. No doubt that helped the horse a lot, and even even barrier trial that over thirteen hundred error. So obviously, Phil's got a tough horse. Yeah, and. I look at the last 400 metres, broke benchmark, went plus 1.3 overall last 400 off a good speed. I mean, really, when you're going two and a half lengths below benchmark, you're a young three-year-old, and you can actually break benchmark last 400. That's a good effort. So training, Mr. Patrick, he certainly got the horse rock hard fit. Yeah, 12s in the, 12s in the 90s, he was turning up, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, this is he's really interesting. This horse in, in, in a wider prism with your with your data here, Vince, because a bit like Explosive Jack two years ago, and even when I first started working with you, a horse called Preferment. These three year olds that they're emerging, they're taught to 
settle, they're taught to relax, and then they're taught to run through the line. Sometimes they just don't produce big overall figures due to race shape, but yep. you've got to be very careful if they're genuine line chasers, and this horse is, of saying, well, uh, no, I don't think you're at, you're at that level because they, they do keep stepping up. Well, they do. Well, one of the things that was very evident, this horse <sighs> over the years and the history and many things that I've read as well, going through the last sort of 40 years, they talk about stays need to have that dynamic sprint Yep. to really, you know, have something, I'm not going to say special, but something extra about them that makes them very, very dynamic in terms of staying capability. This horse has produced that a few times. Like you go to that run in Tasmania over 2,100 back in January, plus eight last 400, very, very strong. And yes, it was a crawl speed, but the mid-race squeeze was massive. So this horse has got super sustained speed. And now I'm just sort of sitting back here and looking at the whole profile of this horse. Yes, he's never broken benchmark, and that's always got to do with no speed early. And this yeah. time it was asked to, to use speed. And, and oh, I must say, I mean, compared to his last three starts, it was a massive turnaround. This, this has probably been a, a better run than what I would have ever anticipated this horse could do. It's it's a really interesting dynamic, and uh, and I did uh, hear Harry Coffey a couple of times after he won those Melbourne races. He said this all's got no idea what he's doing, but every time I ask him, uh, he, he can sprint late, and that's what it, that, uh, it, it's backed up there by the numbers. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, promises kept. How are you profiling this horse? Given that Bendigo was super sale, it ran sideways, <laughs> so it's clearly a work in progress. It's now had six weeks between runs. Stable switch, as I mentioned, and uh, and most most often horses with this type of profile they improve again in, in, as older horses. It's always tough when they've had two, you know, like back to back runs now where they've had to run above benchmark through the first section, especially three year olds. When you're talking staying distances, that win at Bendigo that was. Pretty solid speed, 4.6 lengths faster than standard to the 800-metre mark, over 2,200. Then it's turned up here, increase in distance. And again, like I said, 2.6 lengths faster. So that's a good pace. Uh, this this stable, it's it's hard to say. You know, like if, if I look at when it's resumed back in December, who knows? <laughs> you know, you, you, I don't know what they're going to do with this horse, but it, it's got ability. Well, the the boys buy that buy those type of horses for big races, and let's just what did you say? Point four was his uh, point two, six point best two. of the day. Yep. Well, if he finds a length, that's what Durston won the Caulfield Cup with last year. <laughs> so, yeah, well, yeah, make him, yeah, true, true. Anyway, all right, let's have a look at Flemington. Uh, there was uh, a lot of chat about the uh, about the Andrew Ramsden, not just of course the stunning winner, Luna Flair to the eye, but. Uh, White Marlin out in front was uh, was bowling along, shall we say, Vids? Now, post-race, I've, I've, I've deliberately taken my time here to get to this point. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> post-race, the stewards questioned the rider who said that the stable said you went too slow at Packenham, so to let it bowl along. Afterwards, Gay Wardhouse confirmed the instructions and said she was happy with the ride. So how fast was White Marlin going in the, in the Andrew Ramsden? Oh, so just on that, Ralphie, what were the, the, the stewards were saying that they like gone too fast here? 
Well, they were questioning the tactics of, of, okay. uh, of, of rolling along at, at the speed that it was. But uh, curiously still, hang on, just check the calendar. Yep, 2023, when they question these type of things, they don't question via the actual clock. <laughs> they just say, well, I think you went a bit fast. In fact, what I'll do, I've got it open here, so I'll read it out. When questioned regarding his ride, Jordan Childs explained he was instructed if there was pace in the race to take up a position in the first four. However, if he was left in front, the instructions were to set a genuine tempo today, stable of the belief, last start at Pakenham, the tempo set that night was not at a level to show his best. Jay Childs added, when in front today, although he knew the tempo was reasonably strong, his mount was travelling well and in a nice rhythm. He further added, while the gelding maintained its gallop to the finish, he was of the belief it did not quicken as well as previously when racing on softer tracks. Trainer Gay Wardhouse confirmed the instructions and was satisfied Jay Childs' ride and the performance of White Marlin. Drum roll, please, Mr. Riccardi. Yeah, 17.4 lengths <laughs> above the IVR benchmark. That's huge, isn't it? Really, <laughs> That's the cleater. Yeah, and I'm just looking here and I'm going, wow, Val Declare plus 15.4. A lot of these horses can be very sick. Oh, very no wonder the old boy pulled. <laughs> 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 yeah. This is, this is, it's a hot pace, Ralphie. For all, actually, for, okay, Hustler War 6.9, even that, you know, that's still. I would have called that as really genuinely solid speed, but oh my goodness, plus seventeen point four entitled to weaken, and it did. Um, and this horse does get, has got speed, though. I have to say, yeah. I mean, I, we go back to Rose Hill, all the way back in September twenty two. There it is, plus six point seven. But this is next level. Not uncommon for um, a gay waterhouse horse to be able to do that and have that capability, though, Ralphie. Just the question is. What's that do to the horse, or are they just going to turn it out now? Well, always, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll be turned out for sure, just aimed at the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, well, I was thinking to myself, well, that's that's a great Caulfield Cup run. Really, with White Marlin? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because the reality is, if you run, let's just say, 10 lengths slower, yep. and you're still going plus 7 to 10 range, there's a high probability you've got a profile in you that can probably end up being in that plus three range, plus four range. That would make you uh, a pretty serious threat in a Caulfield Cup. Melbourne Cup, I don't know, because you've got to go that extra 400 metres, and if you're going to be going at that sort of speed, well, you already know the answer. It's not going to finish. Yeah. Well, and, and it's sort of funny, this. so Luna Flair, 11.2, so that's obviously very fast pace. Yep. I'm talking about the 800-metre mark. That's similar to basically what Twilight Payment did when he led throughout the Melbourne Cup. But as you said, once you get to that silly range, uh, good luck. But it, it does show a level of talent. And perhaps, you know, let's compare him to a horse like Incentivise, who, who did exactly what you just described in winning the Caulfield Cup. Yeah, and I feel that <sighs> Mr. Big, he... I actually thought he really prepped this horse up perfectly for this race. The speed, well, be interested to see how this horse pulls up after that run, Ralphie. Well, I mean, so the better because it's qualified for Melbourne Cup. So. Yeah. Well, I thought it was just a super run, <laughs> 11.2 above first section. Of course, they're all going to weaken. But this horse did find, find a way to... Um, like if I compare the last 400 metres for both runners, there was about an eight-length eight, eight length turnaround in speed between the two, just really demonstrating how big the run was for Luna Flair. Plus 1.8, pretty solid run. That's uh, you only probably got to find a length or two, and you definitely are Melbourne Cup material. I wonder if they'll uh, take El Patroness to Queensland because he can do nothing with this horse for four weeks and he'll still be fit as a trout if it hasn't oh. gutted it. Well, <laughs> Well, I don't know, Ralphie. 
how often do we see when they run these big runs? It can ruin them at this distance, yeah. Rolfie. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Tom will tell, I guess, is the other yep. thing. Uh, all right. Well, that was a Danny O'Brien. Also, let's ask about another one in uh, in race six up the straight. It's our time. Gee, they look to be just jogging along and, and n- nothing nothing changed. And to me, the giveaway, and I'm talking about before, I've now seen your data in front of me, but Mr. Exclusive hanging on for fourth. Well, he's fairly limited. He's a real honest off-season horse, but he's a miler. He hung on for uh, for um, fourth and, and not beaten far at all. That that told you that uh, they, were, they weren't uh, breaking any records here. No, and then you look at the overall scorecard, Ralphie. Admittedly, it is top 10 for It's Our Time, but a minus 1.2. Yep. That's a bit of a reflection. I felt the horse had a pretty cruisy, 4.2 lengths below benchmark first section. Jump buck, reasonably cruisy as well, minus 1.9. So it's not like anything, you know, like super powerful. I mean, even in the mid-race, I mean, it's our time's mid-race move wasn't that big. It was 6.6 lengths, just over a second. And last 400 metres, I was surprised that horse dropped off in terms of overall speed, but it didn't have to do it a lot to win and eh, I don't know maybe Jum Buck was probably a little bit disappointing there's a bit of a dip there between the four and the 200 though yeah there was a little bit of a dip maybe that could be the difference what is it a 1.9 length well I'm looking at the uh, MPS margin 0.7 it's probably definitely cost the horse the race I'm just wondering if the uh, mm, there we go, Vince. I reckon uh, they had a few weeks off Flemington, and uh, they got two meetings in two weeks, so they're racing there again next Sunday. That track played a bit softer than you'd normally expect Flemington to play. I wouldn't be surprised if they did a you know little mini renovation, and it'll get it'll get further again this week with luck with the weather. Weather. Well, that'd be good, wouldn't it? We always love the food tracks. <laughs> uh, now, I know you haven't put the clock on it, but uh, I just wanted to be- make mention of a, of a horse that, that won its go called Opal Ridge. Vince, because this horse dominated, I'll be fascinated when the time comes through. And what we will do, I will write this horse up, and I will send it to all our members. That's um, fantastic for, for when you've had a chance to put the clock on on Opal Ridge. But just a little fundamental worth reminding our punters of, because first up at Rose Hill, three point nine lengths above benchmark was so dynamic. Then uh, was twice beaten at, on heavy tracks. That it won on heavy tracks in the spring, that didn't matter because it was just so much better than the opposition. And that, that's a real fundamental to always look for. It doesn't necessarily mean you handle the wet just because you've won on a heavy. You just might be better than the competition. Well, this is one of the big things, isn't it? That yeah. The ability to be able to do that. And uh, we mentioned it on more than one occasion that Opal Ridge needs clean ground. Yeah. So. <laughs> to make a big difference. And the horse obviously got talent. Of looking back at Rarewick, one I think on minus forty. No, was it minus uh, thirty-four, forty? Yeah, geez, minus forty-four. One on on raw time, so uh, it was just better than the opposition that day. But uh, yeah, first up, that was that was really interesting. Three point nine. Now the trainers going to have a look at the Stradbroken Tatsiara double. So that was it was a dynamic performance. Let's uh, let's see what it says on the clock. Um, all right, we'll wind that up with uh, with um, this week's edition of of Year Round Carnival. Our members, there were two. Two big winners of, of Team Hawks, that uh, Al Tivo and uh, and Airman, that both look like horses on the rise. So what I'll do, I'll make that the Group 1 bonus podcast. So if you're a Group 1 member, you'll be receiving that. But in the meantime, all of Vincicardi's work via dailysexuals.com.au, mine via racetrackralphie.com.au, including the uh, Sizzlers for the Queensland Carnival, now available.